dough, clouds, and candles. How does that sound, Todd? Dough, clouds, and candles. Yeah. Sounds good? I'm not sure one has to do with the other. Oh, so we're, we're going to get right to that. So in this week's Torah portion, this week's parsha, we learn that Yitzchak, Avram was looking for a wife for his son Yitzchak, for his son Isaac. And something very powerful and very special happened when they brought, when he brought, when Yitzchak brought Rivka to his parents' tent. Let's take a look straight at the, at the verse. Isaac brought her to the tent of Sarah, his mother, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted for the loss of his mother. Now, what is so significant about this act of bringing Rivka to his, the tent of his parents? So the Midrash tells us as follows. All the days that Sarah was alive, a cloud was connected to the entrance of her tent. When she died, the cloud stopped resting at her tent. When Rebecca came, the cloud returned. All the days that Sarah was alive, there was a blessing in her dough. And when Sarah died, that blessing ended. When Rebecca came, the blessing returned. All the days that Sarah was alive, there was a candle that would burn from Shabbat Eve to the next Shabbat Eve. And when she died, the candle stopped burning for so long. And when Rebecca came, the week-long flame of the candle returned. So these are three special miracles that happened. They ceased to continue once she passed away. And all of a sudden, along comes Rivka, and these three miracles return. Now let's analyze each of these three miracles for a moment. The tent. So what was the tent all about and this cloud on top of the tent? So obviously, Avram and Sarah were always on the go because they never knew where their next destination was going to be. Where would God send them next? So they were in no position to build a physical structure of brick and mortar and, and, and walls. They put up a tent. And they did their part in shielding themselves and covering themselves and in, in doing what they needed to do to provide that, you know, that uh, support that they needed. And then along came God and provided this miraculous cloud above them. And the cloud, we find the same thing, the Jewish people later on in the desert, they had these clouds of glory that were protecting them. So God providing a cloud was a source of support and comfort. But the idea here is they did their part. They built a tent and God provided the cloud. And then we have the dough. So of course, we all know, we're all familiar with the great, great hachnasat uh, orchim, the great mitzvah of hosting guests that Avram and Sarah absolutely excelled with. We read about that last week. And we can only imagine how how spectacular the dough that Sarah made. She was feeding people constantly. But as amazing as it was, it was a physical type of dough that Sarah made. 
and it had its limitations. So along came God, and God infuses his, God is the omnipresent and the unlimited, right? And so God infused this injection of special miracle, miraculous energy that brought the dough to a whole new level. And then we have this light. We have this candle that would burn. Every Friday, Sarah would light the candles before Shabbat, and they would, they would stay lit until the next week. Now, in truth, the candle was always burning. The candle was always burning. So why did Sarah need to relight it every Friday for like those five minutes? But the answer is because the way we understand it is because it was necessary for her to have her part, for her to have her input in this, for, for there to be a part of her in this experience. So what we want to do for the next few minutes is take a look at these three miracles and understand the deeper significance of these three miracles and what they mean to us and how they're relevant to us in our personal life. So let's take a look at the, uh, at, at the, at the words of the Rebbe. This is from a talk from 1960. So he sums up, he says, in, in other words, all of Sarah's personal mitzvot, notwithstanding their own greatness, were amplified by an additional blessing from above, which gave them an eternal nature. You know, um, I always say this uh, when we have guests in our house, and uh, as a matter of fact, in our Chabad downtown, in our Chabad downtown location, we, uh, we have a little piece of artwork at our main campus, at our, at our main center. We have a beautiful, big, big piece of Muchnik artwork that's uh, Jerusalem. And in Chabad downtown, we have a little, a little painting, a 3D painting. And the one that we chose was a painting of Avraham and Sarah's tent with the, with the four openings, the four doors. And the reason why is because we always like to say that Avram and Sarah were the ones who, who, who established the first Chabados in history. They were the ones who founded the very first Chabados, an opening home, a place that was open. Everyone could come. There was plenty of food and drink and, and warmth and, and love and acceptance for everybody. And uh, just like in their days, and I'm sure many of you can relate to this, sometimes people show up at a Chabad house and there seems to be no food left. And somehow, miraculously, a miracle happens. And the Rebetzin will run into the kitchen. And within a few minutes, somehow, there's a miracle. And there's more dough. And there's more food available. So we, uh, even, even uh, like I say, they were the first Chabad house, even though they were not Chabad, because Chabad is a movement that just started about 250 years ago. But obviously, the, the, the idea, the message, they were the trailblazers of this. So let's continue here. As I as said earlier, the stories of our forefathers in the Torah serve to teach and empower us. Every Jew inherits this power from our forefathers, an inheritance which is carried through the generations. When we invest effort... To do our part, God gives us his blessing, bringing our work to much greater heights. Our sages say, when you will labor, you will find success. 
when we invest efforts according to our capabilities, we find success. In other words, the result is like an unexpected find, which we didn't work for at all. God gives us blessings that are incomparably greater than our own efforts. Let's talk about that for a second. The Hebrew word is yagata umatsata. You, you worked hard, matsata, and you found the success. And the Rebbe spoke about this many times. The Rebbe said, why does it say in the Talmud that yagata umatsata, if someone says, I worked hard, and then I found what I looked, Tamin, you should believe them. What, why does it say the word matzata you found? If you worked hard in something, you did not find the success. It's natural. You invested, and therefore the success will, you, your fruits will bear the labor. Your, your, your labor will bear the fruits, and that's the success that you will that you will enjoy. But he always would explain because that's the way this world runs. That on the one hand, we need to invest our part. We need to put our part in. We need to do our part. Just like governments are. They put up the tent. They made the dough. They lit the candle. And then Hashem sends his blessing, which is incomparably greater than, than the investment that you made. But I want to continue here in, in the next few minutes that we have and take this a step further and a step deeper. What is the deeper meaning of the dough what is the deeper meaning of the cloud and finally the most important part or at least that we're going to focus on is the light what is the light represent in our lives so let's take a look and keep reading here and then we'll and then we'll talk about it a little bit we can also explain the significance of the three miracles as follows a human being's needs are generally split into two categories internal needs and external needs. There are things which a person imbibes in his body like food, and there are needs which are not absorbed in the same fashion, but rather serve their purpose in an external way, such as clothing, even more externally, a house. These two categories are represented in the dough and the cloud. Dough, which is used to make bread and food in general, represents the inner category. The cloud and the tent represents the external category. But these two categories is applied to our service of God. The internal form is when we serve God on an intellectual basis with all your heart and all your soul. And the external form is when we serve God with all your might. In other words, when we try to grow out of our limitations. Now, these inner and external categories are fulfilled by the person. And once he invests his own effort, God gives him additional blessings from on high providing his efforts with the eternal power of God. That is represented in blessing of the dough and the cloud and the tent. And then we come to the light. The significance of the third miracle, the candle that remained kindled throughout the week. A candle does not create anything new. When someone lights a candle in a room, nothing changes in the room itself. The only difference is that before the candle was lit, the room was dark and nothing was visible, was visible. And by lighting a candle, we gain the ability to see with clarity. And this reminds me of a story that I once heard uh, many years ago about a uh, king who was looking for a husband for his daughter. 
And he said, he put out a, a, a feeler and he said that, um, that whoever can, can, can come, up, come and, uh, and fulfill a room with a very light substance in a short amount of time, whoever can do that in the quickest amount of time will, will be the one to take my daughter. You, because of the context with which I'm sharing the story, you can probably guess the end of the story, but I'll share it anyway. So the first contestant comes and he comes with a garbage bag full of feathers and he quickly fills the room with feathers. Time ran short and he failed the test. The next day, another contestant comes and he comes with a very delicate silk. Again, it had to weigh very light. And again, time ran out and he didn't, he didn't make the test. And day after day, hundreds of contestants would come and but no one succeeded in passing this test to be able to marry the king's daughter. One day, a man arrived at the palace and he had nothing in his hand. And the king wondered, how is this boy going to win the contest? He enters the room and he turns the lights off. He reached into his pocket. He took out a small candle and he lit it. And obviously within a moment, the light spread in the entire room. And the king rejoiced tremendously because he had finally found the match for his precious daughter. Mm. So the, the, the analogy, the, the, you know, the, the, the lesson is clear and is obvious that light on the one hand is not anything additional. There's nothing, light is not providing anything new. Light is not, is not right. But on the other hand, it's illuminating everything. It's giving vitality, it's giving warmth, it's giving, it's giving everything to the existing features. Let's finish up with a, a one or two more slides and then, we'll, and then we'll talk about it briefly. The same is true in our service to God. The Talmud explains the verse, mitzvot are a lamp and the Torah is the light as follows. This is comparable to a man walking in the blackness of night in the darkness, and he is afraid of the thorns and the wild animals which he cannot see due to the darkness, and he does not know which way he is walking. If a torch of fire comes his way, he is safe from the thorns. Once the light of dawn rises, he is safe from the wild animals. In other words, darkness represents the inability to evaluate oneself and the inability to discern between good and bad, sweet and bitter, etc. Therefore, in addition to the dough and the cloud, there also needs to be a candle being lit. We need to illuminate our lives with the source of light in the Torah, the study of the inner dimension of Torah. The Shabbat candle was instituted to maintain the peace in the home and to help us avoid conflict, so too on a deeper level. There can be at times a conflict in your service of God. You might agree that certain things should be dedicated to God, but in other areas, you might maintain that they're unrelated to God and you can do as you please. In order to avoid such conflict in your service to God, you need to ensure that you have a lit candle. Simply put, a Jew can study Torah and do mitzvot his whole life without light, with no life and no energy. He must light a candle. He must have a passion in his service to God and that is accomplished by studying the inner dimensions of Torah, the Torah's light. And it needs to be lit 
from one Shabbat Eve to the next. This candle needs to be remain, to remain lit constantly. No matter what level he attains, he must continually strive to serve God with additional light, enthusiasm, and passion. So this is the message and um, the, you know, uh, uh, the Rebbe is referring to the inner dimension of, of, of Torah, which is referring to, in this case, Hasidut, the, the, the teachings of Hasidus. And if you think about it, historically speaking, Hasidut and the Jewish mystical teachings is relatively new historically over the last few hundred years. And essentially, Hasidut, Hasidus did not introduce any new mitzvahs. There's nothing different. If you go to a Hasidic synagogue, you go to a non-Hasidic synagogue, everyone is wrapping the same type of tefillin and shape, shaking a lulav and etrog and lighting a menorah. But the difference may be in the way with which the mitzvah is performed, just like the light, right? You can sit and do Shabbat. You can, you can, you can, you can make Kiddush. You can eat challah. You can say the prayers. You can do everything. And at the end of Shabbat, did you fulfill the mitzvahs of Shabbat? Yes, you did. But without the light, it's a very different experience. So Hashem should bless us to be able to always have those miracles be present in our lives, the cloud above our tent, the blessing in our dough, and the blessing in our light being lit from week to week. But we have to remember that it's not going to come without us having to put in the effort. We have to put in a finger, and hopefully God gives us a hand. Have a good night, everybody. If you have anything to share, please, the mic is open. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. Good to see you. Thank you, Rabbi. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Bye.